live from my man cave in Chesapeake, Virginia, this is MLS Gone Wild. I'm your host, Blake, here to bring you the latest news, rumors, opinions, analytics, interviews, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going. Hello and welcome to MLS Gone Wild, Season 4, Episode 15. This is your host, Blake. On this week's episode of MLS Gone Wild, I am joined by the 22nd homegrown player in the New York Red Bulls franchise history, one of the best left backs in all of MLS, and undoubtedly the player with the best flow in the league, Chatham, New Jersey native, John Tolkien. John, welcome to MLS Gone Wild. Hey, Blake. Nice to finally virtually meet you. Um, how's it going? It's good, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm just getting ready for this. Uh, well, I want to talk to you before we get ready to watch one of my teammates make his return to the national team. I can't wait. U.S. men's national team versus Morocco. The episode will come out tomorrow after, but do you have any predictions for the match? Yeah, I, I'm actually feeling a, a corner kick goal from Aaron. Um, he's been a beast in the air so far for us this year, so we'll see what happens. I love that. So let's kick this episode off with some questions that will help our listeners get to know who John Tolkien is off the pitch. So we've officially hit the first international break of the season, which means you have 10 more days until you guys return to action on June 11th for Charlotte FC. So how are you spending this time away from the game? What are some of your hobbies when you aren't playing or training? Yeah, this, uh, this little break is, is quite nice considering how compact the schedule was the past few weeks. Um, yeah, I went right down to the, uh, to the Jersey shore. Um, had a little beach vacation, mini vacation down there um, with some of my buddies um, and just kind of kicked it up on the beach and, and relaxed. Um, but other than that, I love to play golf, um, love video games and just hanging out with my friends, really. Are you good at golf? I feel like that's an important question to ask. Um, I'm pretty inconsistent, um, but like when I'm on, I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Are you a lefty like you are in soccer? Yes, lefty, lefty. So I got to ask, because everyone wants to know, why did you chop off the mohawk? And what's yeah. the next look going to be? Yeah. Um, yeah, some people are upset with me. Uh, yeah, look, at some point you got to reset, you know. Um, it's getting hot outside. Uh, the long hair was getting a little bit uncomfortable. It was getting in my eyes sometimes when we would play. Um, so, you know, I just decided we'll reset. But I can tell people that it's going to come back stronger than ever. Any, any hints on what it's going to be? We going back no, to the Mohawk? I, I, yeah, no, we're going to go back to the mullet, but um, it's going to be it's going to be special this time. Ooh, maybe a different color. Maybe we'll see. Who cuts your hair? Yeah, we have a, a team barber. Shout out Ariel, um, Stash Barber Shop. He uh, he's the best. Um, he's really good. Like if I need to cut in a few hours, he'll be available. Uh, he's really good at making time for us. So uh, yeah, a little shout out to him right there. Job security. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) So on the topic of style, let's talk about some of your tattoos. How many do you have and what do each of them mean to you? Yeah, so I've got probably the one people see the most is the hand tattoo. Um, That was a bit inspired by Tom Edwards when he signed here. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was sick. Um, So I was like, I had to ask him for permission to get it, though. I didn't want to I didn't want to intrude or anything. But um, yeah, so that one was kind of just for for fun, I guess you could say. Um, and then I have another one on my arm, uh, some mountains. I just, and like a nature kind of scene. Um, yeah, I love mountains. I love just being around them. Um, I love that atmosphere. And then I have two of my arm with my parents, their birth dates. Um, and then one on my leg of my grandpa. Very cool. So family is important to you. Yeah. 
yeah, I love my family. They, uh, they do a lot for me. So yeah, they're very important. Awesome. If you had to have a theme song that played every time that John Tolkien walked into a room, what would it be and why? Oh, that's a crazy good question. Um, with Let's hair like back. that, I feel like you got to yeah. have something that brings energy, right? Well, I love you too. Um, and I'm like an upbeat kind of guy with music. Maybe the, this song might not fit my hairstyle, but um, I don't know if you know Beautiful Day by you two. Yeah. I think it fits my personality pretty well. It's just an upbeat, happy song. Um, so that's probably my, my choice. Good choice. What's the best advice you've ever been given? probably by, by both my parents throughout the years they've just told me kind of just don't look at anybody else to to compare to yourself um doesn't matter um what other people are doing their successes don't um necessarily mean anything to you obviously i'm happy for anybody who has success that i that i know but they just say don't let it don't let it affect you and who you are um and just stay true to yourself you know because in the end you know who you are um and it doesn't really matter what people think of you so before we get into the soccer aspect, I have one more question. If you were to write your own autobiography, what would you title it and why? Maybe just like, what a life, something like that. Because, I mean, what a life do I live, you know? How many people get the opportunity to, uh, to do what I'm doing? Um, I just try and enjoy every day the most I can. Because um, like I said, not many people get to do what I'm doing. Get to play in front of crowds every weekend. Get to play the game that I love and grew up playing. Um, so yeah, it really doesn't get much better than this. The game that you love, that's a perfect segue. So let's take it back to where you fell in love with the beautiful game. Why soccer? Why did you fall in love with it? Yeah, I mean, my father played. Um, maybe that had some influence on me, but I don't know. When I, when I was younger, like, I have such a good neighborhood here. I have so many friends um, that I used to play around with at the field. So we'd, be, we'd always be playing soccer or football, I guess you could call it. Um, but I don't know if you know the game World Cup. Have you ever played that before? Yeah, we're like, basically, you score, you advance to the next round. Um, yeah, but when I was younger, me and my friends, we would be at the field literally every day um, playing and playing, um, and I just loved it. So I guess that's where it got me to, net to today. That's really cool. And I, I can absolutely relate. I grew up with a – I'm an only child, but I grew up with a bunch of guys that were like-minded, similar age, loved the game of soccer. Exactly. All of us played at different levels, but we had a park nearby – and somebody, every time on the way to the park, we would literally find a hubcap that had fallen off a car <laughs> and we would pick it up, bring it to the field with us. And we would play world cup and yeah. whoever won the cup that day. That was the trophy, the hubcap. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, that's fun. We never had anything like that. That's really fun. You just got to <laughs> look, man. You find something. <laughs> so looking back to before you joined the Red Bull Academy or even in your, your early Academy years, do you have any favorite memories of just being a New York Red Bulls fan? I mean, as a fan, like when I was younger, always just going to games would be amazing. But um, the Columbus game when they uh, when we won in that second leg against Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. The flags right there. Um, that was that was really cool. That was a crazy atmosphere. Um, obviously, I got to see all the guys um, that I loved growing up. Um, but yeah, I guess every time I went to go see a game being a ball boy, I get, I get to be around the players, not actually like close to them, but close enough um and just kind of hearing on game conversation that kind of stuff um yeah it just it was really cool yeah that's an awesome experience so in just five years you went from red bull academy newcomer to sign your homegrown contract 
In what ways, both personally and on the pitch, did your time with the academy and Red Bulls too prepare you for your shot with the first team? Yeah, I think um, the hardest transition for me was just getting to Red Bull. Like when I was like 13, something like that. Um, I didn't want to go at first. I was just so comfortable with my team. Um, obviously, it's hard as a younger kid to, to go to a completely new environment. But I think that was probably the hardest um, transition. But once I got to Red Bull, like the pathway that they have, it's it's challenging, I guess, but not really because everything's there for you. You have all the resources. All you need to do is just perform. Um, so, yeah, you have the academy, then the second team, and then to the first team. Um, and I just think like how the academy team is – the academy field is right next to the first team fields. I think that helps a lot. Um, I think a lot of academy guys can use that as motivation um, to hopefully be over there. Uh, when they grow up. So, um, yeah, I'd say just performing was, was the hardest part. So outside of being exposed to that professional environment, giving you a leg up in that regard, was there anything that you could find in particular, whether it's maturity mentality or just on field play that you really improved upon in those early years of being with the Academy or Red Bull too? I think, I think mentality, um, you obviously probably hear a lot of players talk about, uh, that these days uh, mentality is huge um i think it's just that it's it's hard when you're at your lowest point you know um you think oh i had the worst game yesterday like it's it's just hard to deal with um but i've tried to uh keep that mindset of like just keep grinding you know um everybody has bad games everybody has bad training sessions and then when you do have good training sessions and, and good games like you can't get too carried away because that's how you see players fall off like I grew up with a lot of players that I thought were way better than me and would always consistently play better than me, probably. But it's kind of just that everyday mentality of just crying, you know. Were there any coaches or any peers that were there with you that you can look back on and say they really made your time there different and made it better for you and made a huge difference in your development? Yeah, 100 um, percent. There's probably four that stick out the most because I, I spent the most time with them. Uh, Paul O'Donnell. Sammy, my coach, Sammy, uh, he was my U19s coach. Paul was my U16, 17 coach. He's from my town, actually. He lives around the corner from me. Um, so that's a cool little Chatham connection. And then, yeah, my USL coaches, uh, John and Ibra, um, they really taught me most of what I know today, you know. Um, I developed through all of them. But even when I moved up to the next team, I still had them there, you know. So, like, I could talk about my experiences with the team above and, and compare it to what it was like below. Um, so, yeah, a lot of credit to them. They were always there for me. Video, uh, if I needed to talk about personal problems, stuff like that, you know. That's awesome. Shout out to Red Bull Academy. They're doing great things out there, yes. obviously, because January 14th, 2020, you signed your New York Red Bulls homegrown contract. What was that day like for you and your family? Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird, actually. Um, I didn't really think like I had been training with the first team for a little bit already. Um, so when I signed, I didn't really think of it that much. Like I didn't think it was that cool or anything. I kind of just wanted to get playing again. But um, yeah, I, I remember I went to uh, what was it? I went to Jungle Juice right after I signed with my buddy. He was like, "Bro, bro, you just signed. Like, why are you so calm right now?" I was like, "I don't know. It's like it's cool, but um, I don't know. I guess that stuff." doesn't really phase me but later on I guess when I scored or made my debut that it kind of hit me then I was like well I used to watch games here but now I'm I'm playing you know you mentioned 
Columbus earlier. And, you know, that's my beloved team. So we'll get to that first goal later. (laughs) By signing that homegrown contract, you became the 22nd homegrown player in New York Red Bulls history. You joined the likes of guys such as Tyler Adams, Kyle Duncan, Sean Davis, and Alex Mule, just to name a few, because I could go on and on. Did Did you look up to any of those guys as inspiration? And what does it mean to you to be listed among these Red Bull greats? Yeah, it's pretty, um, it's pretty crazy. When I was younger, you know, I, I never would have thought about that, that I would be able to say that, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, now I'm playing with Omir um, Fernandez. Um, I played with Sean last year, was with Alex. Never got to play with Tyler, but like everybody knows Tyler, you know, like he's got such a good work ethic and every academy player looks up to him. You know, he's kind of the perfect player to compare um, to all these, these people, but um, yeah, playing under Sean was awesome because obviously he became the captain. Um, it was just cool to see an academy guy become the first Red Bull captain. Um, yeah, just all these other guys. We, we all came from the same place, you know, so um, it's really humbling to be able to play with them. But it's also cool because we can relate to each other in some ways. I think it's funny that just backtracking when you went to Jamba Juice after signing your homegrown contract and your buddy's like, why are you so calm? And I think part of that is because, well, you know, I've made it this far, but I still have so much further to go. There's still things to accomplish. And you became almost a lock as Gerhard Struber starting left back at the end of May 2021. And you haven't looked back since. Over the past year, you were in the 90th percentile or higher amongst all MLS fullbacks and tackles in the middle third, successful pressures, blocks, and ball recoveries. John, what are your strengths, both in attack and in defense? And how have those strengths made you a perfect fit for Struber's energy drink style of play? <laughs> Good question. Uh, it was Smoothie King, actually. I just remembered Smoothie King. Yeah, Smoothie King. Um, yeah, first off, um, Gerhard's honestly one of, the, one of the best coaches I've had. His pregame talks just make you want to run through a freaking wall, I swear. Um, and yeah, it's just his trust in the players and, you know, his coaching ability is, is pretty crazy. And um, that's why you can see how successful he is. But um yeah, I guess for me personally, with, with those statistics, um, I have to give partial credit to him. Yeah, I just want to win for him. I want to win for the team. Um, and I also realize that team success brings personal success. So if I leave everything out there on, on the field, um, yeah, it's going to only help me, you know. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm kind of a, a gritty person, um, a feisty player, I guess you could say. I don't know where I got that from, but I also think that helps me a little bit. What are your specific strengths, though? Is it tackling? Is it pressuring? Or the yeah. attacking part of your game? Yeah, I think um, for the defending part, just uh, just my high aggression. Um, yeah, you can see my tackling is pretty good. Um, my timing is pretty good with, like, interceptions and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess you could say those are strengths of mine. And then, yeah, I think offensively, um, I guess you could say my vision, my passing, uh, I'm, I'm working on my crossing. It's just not coming off right now, but, um, hopefully it'll get there. It will. So we primarily have seen you play that left wing back spot under Struber, but we've also seen you feature more centrally in the midfield as well. As a matter of fact, you scored your lone MLS goal to date as a central midfielder against my beloved Columbus crew. Yeah. What do you remember from that goal and how special was that moment for you? Yeah, it was, um, it was surreal. It was crazy. I, I kind of like, blacked out on how I felt after because it was just so crazy um it was also cool because Bradley Wright Phillips was on Columbus at that time um and I used to watch him all the time so it was it was kind of cool um in that aspect but yeah I can just remember 
just cutting it back on my right foot and and sure enough it found the net I think it took a slight deflection I don't think it would have went in if it didn't um but I was just so tired after because I had ran all the way down the field um but I don't know I saw a video of my mom crying in the stands later that night and it was um yeah it was a pretty special moment um for me yeah for sure definitely it was a great run out of the midfield too because I believe Gutman found Fabio Fabio and you just continue you basically made a dummy run and then the ball found its way into your feet and you were one-on-one with Eloy room and the rest is history five hole (laughs) one zero New York Red Bulls and I was sad (laughs) but here we are talking about it (laughs) yeah it's good to talk about all right (laughs) yeah And, and so that goal came from you playing in the midfield right so have you had any more conversations with the coaching staff about playing in the central part of the midfield or are there plans specifically for you at the left wing back spot yeah, I mean, I haven't spoke about it with them, but who knows? Maybe I'll get thrown back in there one day. Um, I wouldn't mind it. I love playing there. I love playing on the outside. Um, we have some incredible midfielders right now. They're really helping us out this year. So a lot of a lot of respect and a shout-out to them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm comfortable in both spots. Um, I like both spots. Um, they're different, but uh, but they're both fun. So, yeah, we'll see what the future brings. Yeah, the center mids are stacked for the New York Red Bulls. It's going to be hard to break into that position. Yeah, exactly. But, hey, you've shown the versatility that you can if need be, which is good. It's important. Yeah. But playing that left wing back position is a territorial battle. You want to push the opposing fullback as deep into their defensive half as possible. And we saw two of the best go toe-to-toe last weekend as you were matched up against D.C.'s Julian Gressel. And to be honest with you, it was truly end-to-end energy drink stuff between the two of you. What was that matchup like for you? Because as a viewer, I was absolutely gassed. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, he's one of the best players in his position in the league for sure. Um, his crossing ability, his passing ability, his vision, it's its pretty crazy what he can do with the ball. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, it's a battle for for territory. And in past games, uh, I think hes he's had the better of me. Um, so this game, I just wanted to attack and be all over him. Um, obviously, you want to be the one putting pressure on them. You don't want to be the one taking pressure. Um, and, yeah, the guys helped me out with that as well. Um, they all did their thing, and it enabled me to be able to do mine. Yeah, and you even hit him with a nasty little nutmeg. Yeah, no, I, I got him. I got him on that one for sure. <laughs> did you say anything to him after that? No, no, no. We didn't say anything, no. <laughs> you, you don't talk smack? Well, we, we've had our smack talk in the past, um, but we actually got along this game, so I was happy about that. <laughs> Entering halftime of your match versus DC, the score was 0-0. Then it ended 4-1. to What was Struber's message at halftime, and were there any tactical adjustments made to unlock more goal-scoring opportunities for you guys? Well, no. Um, I think you could see in the first half how much control we had, um, and we were getting chances. And it's kind of like what we've been talking about all season at home. You know, we've had our chances. We just need to finish them. And that was partially the talk in halftime. It was like, look, guys. We have the chances. We're playing great. We're on top of them. We're at home looking for our first win. We have an international break coming up. So leave everything out in the field. You know, he's like, I'll have to carry you off the field if I have to, you know, just leave everything out there. Um, And I think that's what the guys did uh, with with four goals in the second half. Um, Finally, amazing to get that home win um, for the fans. Um, And it's a it's a great momentum boost for us going into this break. Absolutely. So one segment I like to do with each of the players I interview is to break down some film from a previous match. So you were involved in Red Bull's first three goals over the weekend, whether it be directly or indirectly. I watched Mm -hmm. the highlights. You were involved. 
but I'd like you to talk about your involvement in Lakinias's first goal from the dribble to the off ball movement to the initial ball across from your perspective. How did you see that play develop? Oh, uh, that was when I got uh, it from Omir down the line. Right. Yeah. And then yeah, I kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know Omir how creative he is when he gets the ball. So I kind of was like, all right, I'll give it to him. Um, and then I, I like making those runs. Uh, those like underlap runs. Um, by, by our guy and their defender. I think it's hard to defend. So, um, yeah, I kind of just took off into the corner. I, I I didn't know what was inside the box when I crossed it. So I was like, I just need to smash this in. I'm hoping somebody's going to be there. Luckily, it took a slight deflection. Um, and then, yeah, the play further developed and, and a great goal. But um, I think it, it comes from just our, our coaches and, and just the team talks, just getting to the attack do as much things as you can, even if it's not a clean play, at least just put pressure on the back line because they can make mistakes. Um, and that, I guess the deflection isn't a mistake, but it just creates chaos. And that's all you guys are about is creating chaos. <laughs> there we go. It fits our style perfectly. It absolutely does. And one of the funniest things about that play was, you know, you did all that work to get the ball to Omir. You made your off ball run to the end line. You played that seven ball across to the PK spot. It took the deflection. And as soon as you didn't see the ball come off and, you know, the shot got blocked on the goal line from Lewis Morgan's shot, you put your hand in your head, <laughs> your face in your hands. You're like, oh, God, no, uh, that was an assist. That was my assist. What are you guys doing? Yeah, so that's funny you saw that. Yeah, I was like, no way. It was a crazy good shot from Lewis. Like, I had such a good angle. I thought it was going top ends. And then I see him cleared off the line. I was like, there's no way. Um but yeah, the play developed and we scored and, and that's all that matters. Um, we get to celebrate with the fans. Yeah. And then the second goal, forget who scored that one, but the ball got recycled, went back to the left back, whoever it was at that point, because you were basically playing a right wing spot. You oh, checked yeah, back yeah. towards the midfield and then you took off towards the goal. Uh, what did you see on that play? Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, that was off of the corner kick, right? Yeah. And I, I played the ball in. I was kind of, I had to step up with their back line. So I wasn't off sides. Um, Christian Caceres got the ball and that whole halftime um, and before the game, we were talking about making runs in behind. So I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. So, um, yeah, I took off. He played it, um, put their their defender under some pressure. He had to clear it that way. Um, and yeah, what a finish. I mean, unbelievable. New York Red Bulls are turning into like a bangers only team at this point. <laughs> Hey, we're here for it. Yeah, me too. I love watching it. <laughs> the chaos and the bangers. I'm so here for that. Oh, yeah. So your success over the last year has earned you some interest from U.S. Men's National Team head coach Greg Berhalter as you were listed as one of the players considered for this current June camp. Have you had any conversations with Greg? If so, how have those conversations gone? And what does it mean to you to even be in consideration for a call-up in a World Cup year? Yeah, it's um, especially the timing with it right now. I guess it couldn't come at a better time um, to get some of that recognition. But, yeah, it's definitely nice. Um, he gave me a phone call. It was nice to hear from him. Um, and he was just like, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing um, and, and we'll see what happens, basically. But it's nice to hear those words. You can use it as motivation. Um, and that's what I, I plan to do. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Only time will tell. It's the perfect time for it, man. Keep working and who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? There's He's came out and said there's a need for depth at the left back spot behind Jedi. So it's an open yeah. competition at this point. There we go. So we've seen young fullbacks such as Sammy Vines, Kevin Paredes, Kyle Duncan, and George Bello make recent moves to Europe. Is there any interest from European clubs that you know about? And what are your aspirations for going to Europe? Yeah, I think uh, every uh, 
every young player or any player who gets the opportunity to go to Europe, I think they should take it. It's the capital of, of, of soccer, football, I guess, in the world. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Right now, I am focused at Red Bull. I know it's probably the boring answer that none of you want to hear. Um, but I, I really do believe in, in you should be focused on where you are right now um, and not look ahead. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, something might pop up. An opportunity could come across, and I think it'd be foolish. Um, if everything makes sense, I think it'd be foolish not to take it. Yeah, I mean, you're in the Red Bull organization. There's Red Bull Salzburg, Red Bull Leipzig. So who knows? Those could be the exactly. next steps for you. We've seen those happen before. Exactly. But if you could choose your dream club to play for, who would it be? Yeah, it's a pretty easy question. I, I have been an Everton fan since I was really young. So uh, it would have to be Everton. I know they just stayed afloat this year. Hopefully uh, uh, they can they can compete for that Premier League title in, in future years. We'll see. I'm an Arsenal fan, so. Oh, tough year for you. Yeah, oh. it, it usually is. I'm used to the pain <laughs> yeah, at this exactly. point. I feel so bad for Arsenal fans. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> so we've talked national team and European aspiration, but let's talk about John Tolkien's 2022 goals. What are your goals for the remainder of the season with the New York Red Bulls? I want to be playing as much as possible. I think it's good for young players to be playing as much as possible just to get that game experience. Um I want to score more goals. I want more assists. I know it's not easy as I say it, um, but I think they'll come hopefully soon. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, as, as a team, top four playoff spot, we need a home game at, at the playoffs. Um, who knows, maybe a supporter shield. But um, our biggest aspirations are the cup. Like, we've never won one before. Um, we owe it to our fans. We want it just as bad as they do. Um, and and those are, those are my goals. And then also – who knows, maybe national team call up. That would be awesome. I mean, from a kid that's born and raised in Chatham, New Jersey, to an academy kid, to a ball boy, guy that's worked his way up through the academy system, through the USL Red Bull system, and then imagine you lifting either a supporter shield or an MLS cup. I mean, what a story. Yeah, yeah. It, would be, it would be pretty insane, I have to say. Yeah. Any closing thoughts for New York Red Bulls fans? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I know you guys get frustrated. We don't win all the time um, or don't put the best performances out there, but um, we are trying. Um, we are a very good team this year, so there's nothing to worry about. Um, and just hopefully show all your support at our home games and, and get behind us because you guys really do make a difference in, in, in many, many games. Awesome. I know you got a lot of fans in New York and you got a fan of me, John Tolkien. John Tolkien, thanks yeah. for joining MLS Gone Wild, man. Thank you very much. What a pleasure chatting with you. Listeners, thanks for tuning into MLS Gone Wild Season 4, Episode 15, featuring New York Red Bulls left back John Tolkien. Be sure to tune into their upcoming match for Charlotte FC on June 11th to see if they can kickstart their immaculate road form once again. Until next time, take care of yourselves and one another, and remember the name, John Tolkien. Peace.